hear more about a guy named Saul, who we also know as Paul. Exactly. And last week, we heard about how Saul became a Christian. He became a Christian when Jesus met him on the road to the city of Damascus. And he was going there in order to hunt down Christians and to drag them off to jail and to have them killed. But Jesus appeared to him on the road and asked him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And and then and there, Saul understood that Jesus really is God's son. He really is God's special king, the Messiah. And he became a Christian. And immediately, Saul started preaching in the synagogues that Jesus really is the king of the Jews. He really is the Christ, the Messiah, God's son. But after many days had gone by, the Jews in the city of Damascus made a secret plan to kill Saul. But he heard about their plan. All day and all night, they were watching the town gate in order to grab him and kill him if he tried to leave the city. But his students, in the middle of the night, I hope you can see the students up there. There they are. Looking a bit ghostly, but never mind. The the students, his students in the middle of the night, they, they took Saul and they helped him to escape. How? by lowering him in a basket through a hole in the city wall. And so Saul got to Jerusalem. And if you look very carefully, you can see Saul, lower left-hand side of the screen. There there he was. Anyway, once he was there, he tried to join up with the other Christians, with the other followers of Jesus, but, but they were all too scared of him. And they wouldn't believe, they wouldn't believe him that he was a Christian too. But Barnabas, taking him by the arm, brought him to the apostles and told them all about how Saul really had seen the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus and that Jesus had talked with him and how how in Damascus, Saul had started preaching and speaking boldly in the synagogues about how Jesus really is Lord. And after that, they all accepted Saul in. And he stayed with them, and he went with them preaching, speaking boldly about Jesus the Lord. And he he talked with the Hellenistic Jews, and he tried to persuade them too about Jesus, but in response, they wanted to kill him. When when the other believers heard about this, they, they took Saul down to the town of Caesarea, and they sent him off to his own hometown, which was Tarsus. Then the whole church, all the believers in Judea, in Galilee, in Samaria, they all had a time of peace. And there was nobody bullying them for being Christians, and they grew in their faith, and they they were learning to live holy lives, and they were wanting to please Jesus, encouraged along by the Holy Spirit, and the church grew and grew and grew. 
Well, what we've actually heard this morning, actually, is a story in three parts, isn't it? We heard three parts to that story. And in each part of the story, Saul experiences some form of rejection. In part one, the Jewish religious leadership in Damascus decide to kill Saul. And this was because Saul was preaching and teaching in the Jewish synagogues that Jesus really is the King of the Jews, the Messiah, the Son of God. And many, many people were coming to faith in Christ and believing in Jesus. But that meant that the Jewish religious leadership, because they didn't believe in Jesus, they were losing followers. And that made them mad. They got angry because they were jealous. They were envious. And so they thought, what should we do? I know, we'll, we'll kill Saul. Now, how do you think that would have felt? Well, let's try some basics. Do you think that made Saul feel glad, sad, or mad? Sad. Do you think that would have made Saul feel sad? I think it would have actually, I think it would have made Saul feel very sad. It really, I think it would really have hurt his feelings, knowing that there was a whole bunch of people out there just waiting, being at the town gate, just waiting to catch him and kill him. That would have hurt my feelings. Nobody's ever tried to kill me, or at least not seriously, or at least not yet. <laughs> but even, you know, much, less, much smaller things than that hurt my feelings and make me feel really sad. I think Saul felt very I think he felt a lot of pain. It's not nice when people want to hurt us. And even though actually he would have understood them, he was in, actually he's in the same camp as them, wasn't he? Not so very long ago, he, he wanted also to harm the Christians. He was in the same camp. But now he's experiencing for himself that it really hurts. It really hurts when people want to harm you. And in part two, Saul goes to Jerusalem. And he tries to join in with the other Christians, but they were too scared of him. And that makes perfect sense. When, when Saul had left Jerusalem, um, he was an enemy of the Christians. He was trying to harm them. Indeed, he was the ringleader of the gang that was trying to kill the Christians. So obviously, they're not going to trust him. They thought he might be a spy. A vole trying to creep into their organization. Or do I mean mole? <laughs> Something like that. But, they, but actually, when you think about it, they weren't being that nasty. They weren't trying to kill him. They weren't saying mean things to him. They weren't being rude. They weren't saying mean things about him. They just didn't want to include him in their group or welcome him in as a friend. And sometimes um, we call this, don't we, don't we? Sometimes we call this passive rejection. And actually, it's all about as much as painful as active rejection. It still hurts our feelings when, even though they're nice to us, we don't get invited in and we don't get included. And we're not one of them, the group that we want to be a part of. Still very painful. And in part three, Saul's life is again threatened. This time it's by a group of the Jewish religious leaders, the Hellenistic Jews in Jerusalem, and again they plot to kill him. And once again, with the help of his friends, he escapes. 
Well, what can we learn from these three episodes? What can we learn? Perhaps, I think, perhaps the first lesson um, is, is to note that, that, um, that, that Saul, well, let's look at Saul. Um, Saul, not long ago, he had been persecuting Christians. And as we look at these three episodes, we notice that, that actually he kind of has, has to be led by the hand a lot, doesn't he? I mean, three times people have to take action on his behalf. The first time, his, his own students say, teacher, you're coming with us. We're marching you to the city. I know it's that. Get out of bed. Get out of bed. It's, we're lowering. We've found a way out. And they lowered Saul down in a basket. Not a dignified way for a man from a privileged background who thinks he's kind of the bee's knees to leave a city. Would have been humiliating. He may have been blushing with embarrassment and hoping nobody found out. This didn't, come, this didn't come easily to Saul. Um, in the next episode, Barnabas takes him by the arm and takes him to the apostles. Says, Saul, it's going to be okay. Barnabas helps him. He doesn't quite know what to do. The third episode, once again, we see Saul, he's a new Christian. He's still learning, even though he's a teacher. He's, this, this teacher is getting taught what it means to follow Jesus. And, and the disciples, they say, well, all, we've been through this stuff. Well, yeah, we know what to do. You're just coming us, with us, pal. We're putting you on a boat. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know that you're angry. But no, they're just sticking you on a boat. You can yeah, have, some, have some holiday time with your folks back in Tarsus. And what's the lesson? Well, actually, when we look at the book of Acts, we see that most of the time for Christians, when persecution comes, actually the thing to do is just leave. Just go. Just leave. And in the same way, right through life, there are many times for all of us, um, little kids, bigger kids, teenagers, Grown-ups, there are times when we're happily playing in this wonderful sandpit and we're having a great time. And we say, thank you, God, for this sandpit and the wonderful day that I'm having. And then somebody or a bunch of people come along and they say, hey, this is our sandpit. Get lost. And that doesn't feel good. And it isn't right. And actually, we were there first. But often the right thing to say is, hey, you're wrong. I was here first. But you know what? If you want this sandpit so much, then I'll be pleased to give it to you. I'll go and find another sandpit. It's okay. God will look after me. Now, you might be finding this a bit hard to believe, that this is how Christians behave. Saul found it a bit hard to believe that this is how Christians behave. He needed to be led by the hand three times. But in actual fact, as we look at what he does from here, he becomes a practiced lever. Unless the Holy Spirit tells him to do otherwise. Why does he do that? Is it because he's a scaredy cat? No. It's, It's actually because he now needs to know what it means to love his enemies. And sometimes loving your enemies means giving them what they want. Sometimes loving your enemies means deciding, well, I'll be the grown-up then. 
You can act like a child. I'll stay a grown-up. And sometimes loving enemies means saying, I'm going to leave because if I don't, you're going to do something, you're going to sin against God. And I don't want you to sin. So Saul actually is learning to behave like a grown-up, like a follower of Jesus. And that often means, in the face of persecution, just leaving. That's the first lesson. The second lesson comes from Barnabas. Does anyone here know of a church named after Barnabas? Yeah, that's right. That's called me pointing out the blindingly obvious. Barnabas. I mean, Paul, that was a nickname. Barnabas is also a nickname. Barnabas' real name was... It's in Acts chapter 4. Joseph. Joseph the Levite from Cyrene. Um, His real name was Joseph, but he was named by the apostles a nickname, Barnabas, which means... Son of encouragement. That's right. He was an encouraging fellow. And um, what did Barnabas do? Well, when everybody had rejected Saul because they didn't want to include him because they were scared of him, Barnabas stood up and he did the right thing. And I bet Saul really loved him for helping him and being kind to him. Because you see, Barnabas was brave. Barnabas was courageous. He took a risk. And You know, that happens when you stand alongside someone who's been rejected. What's the risk? You'll get rejected too. That is exactly the risk. It's just taking us all back to high school, isn't it? When you stand alongside somebody who has been rejected, you are at risk of being rejected too. So for Barnabas to do this, it took courage. He was a brave guy. And, you know, I I really love it when I meet courageous people, Um, you know, courageous men and courageous women. um, I I really admire them and I want to be like them. And whenever anybody is kind to me, I really like them. I really like kind people, especially when they're kind to me. Um, Kindness and courage, they're really great things. We don't often link kindness with courage in our heads, but we should do that. We should see that kindness and courage are very closely linked. They're the same thing because actually, unless you are courageous, you can't be kind. And unless you are kind, you can't be courageous. If you want to be kind, you need to be courageous. And so, with sincere apologies to Nick Lowe, you got to be courageous to be kind in the right measure. Courageous to be kind, it's a very good sign. Courageous to be kind means that I love you, baby. you got to be courageous, got to be courageous to be kind. <laughs> the older people here will know what song it is that I'm massacring. And I think I must have just shot my chance of being included in the music ministry. But never mind. (laughs) That's our second lesson. 
Barnabas was both courageous and kind, which is hardly so very surprising because that's what his name means, son of encouragement. Barnabas encouraged other people. What does it mean to encourage someone? It means to give them courage. It means to give them the ability, the ability to be courageous too in order that they might be kind. So when we're encouraging one another, just like Barnabas, what, that's what we're doing. We're giving each other courage to be kind. And the third lesson comes from how the story ends. Uh, then the whole church, all the believers in Judea, in Galilee, and Samaria, they all had a time of peace when nobody was bullying them for being Christians. And they grew in their faith. And they were learning how to live holy lives. And they were wanting to please Jesus. And they were encouraged along by the Holy Spirit. And the church grew and grew and grew. Basically, in this passage, we're we're seeing God at work, aren't we? Through his Holy Spirit, helping people to learn about and follow Jesus. Times of persecution do come. Sometimes we're persecuted directly because we're Christians. There are people out there who don't like Christians, and there are countries in the world where it's illegal to be a Christian. Sometimes we're persecuted indirectly, because we're Christian. We, we, we might make a different choice or do something differently, and that might invite ridicule or rejection. And sometimes we're persecuted, and it's got absolutely nothing to do with the fact that we're Christians. But whatever the reason, whenever we're persecuted, whenever we're rejected, whenever nasty things happen to us, we can know that we can trust God. Keep trusting God. Don't repay evil with evil. Don't do bad to those who are doing bad to us. Keep trusting. Keep listening to God. Keep doing what Jesus says. And we will find that God will keep on looking after us because that's what he does. In this passage, we see God looking after Saul, looking after his people, bringing them through the experience of rejection and looking after them. And the Lord Jesus was with them, and the Lord Jesus is with you. Amen.